I was doing a, a show with Dave McMenamin, who was, uh, we were redrafting um, your draft class, and he had casually said you were a multiple time all-star. And I said, actually, no, it just feels that way. <laughs> it just feels that way. And so before I get like to the bigger, actually, no, what's the bigger picture on that? Like, are you angry that you haven't been one 2017 Gordon Hayward, maybe uh, hey, 2020 over CP3? Or do you just kind of like look at everything and just be like, yeah, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really feel like making an argument for myself. Welcome to the CJ McCollum Show. I am back in New Orleans, still moving in, as you can see behind me, across from my screen, as always, is Izzy Gutierrez. Izzy, we have a little homestand, finally, after traveling on the road so much, I forgot what room I was in in about three cities. I had to go get a key three or four times on this road trip, and I'm still physically and mentally recovering from the rigors of 40-plus games into a season. How, how are you doing? I was good, but I can't let you go. I mean, all right, so still moving in. With my camera. I mean, I, I do believe we were like a week or two away, maybe three from like the one-year anniversary of your trade. So pretty sure you had this place for a while now. And last week, you didn't just say you were going to have it done. You said you are going to call the interior decorators, plural. Like you have more than one interior decorator. Decorator and neither of those SOBs can hang up a, a little picture frame. Just in case they listen to my podcast, I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to say that they have been called. Measurements have been done. Pictures still have not been hung. I'm not sure what's going on. As you know, I was out of town for a little while with the road trip. Mm -hmm. Came back um, not too long ago. Had some issues landing our plane to where we were touch and go. Where Whoa. never happened from before. where to where. Let me from Miami to New Orleans. Let me talk about this. Okay, let me apologize by the way for not catching up with you in Miami. I tried. I got okay. there before the game. You had already finished shooting, and the locker rooms were closed. Uh, and then I left early. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. No, no worries. I'm, you, you must have missed my missed game winner. But um, we were on the tarmac for ninety minutes. I got like I was doing STEM and Normatech. Uh, we still hadn't taken off yet. I had to restart my machines because we were supposed to land in an hour and 20 minutes. So we take mm -hmm. off 90 minutes late, taxi for another 15 minutes, so basically two hours late on takeoff, just sitting on the plane. And when we get close to landing, like you feel the plane descending, feel the plane descending, we touch the ground and then the plane just takes off again. And I'm like, what? in the world has happened this has never happened before and you can hear the the captain come on and say ah winds were a little bad there something 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 and i'm like wait a minute you didn't know the winds were bad as you were descending right long story short we end up flying around again for a while and end up landing you know call it 15 20 minutes later but that's the first time the plane has like descended i felt like we touched down and then we just took off again i thought like is another plane landing are we in the way of another plane like why is this happening there's more that they didn't tell us but they didn't tell us of course yeah and it's like it, you probably and i don't know if you were like this but i've had a couple of incidents on planes where i'm just like i'm not gonna think about how serious it was until i actually land because there was one where we were just we were like nose diving through storms it was 2005 heat pistons uh eastern conference finals coming back from detroit and we we're just nose diving through some thunderstorms and it, like i literally thought to myself all right this has been a nice life and this is going to be it today and uh dan levitar is on that flight with me i remember and we were getting off and he said man you never get used to that and i said get used to what man that doesn't happen all the time and your face is green what are you acting like you do this all the time and and the second time 
was I was on a, a flight back from from Toronto and they were calmly telling us that the landing gear was not going down. And I was like, uh, OK, so that so they explained to us, you know, hey, if, if it will circle around a little bit more, if it doesn't go down, um, we have a manual op, the last case scenario that somebody can go down and and pull and you know manually drop the, the landing gear. But I think he started the next sentence of like, and if that doesn't work, and he didn't have an answer for that, so he just stopped talking. And I think everybody started freaking out. And the lady that was next to me, like she was crying, crying. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, what? Why are you so serious? So uh, I've seen on commercials that just land on top of like a, a pickup truck or something. It'll be okay. And it wasn't until we landed where it all just sort of hit me at once. Where I was like... Whew, that could have been crazy because who know? I, I I asked the flight attendant and they're like, yeah, we don't know what would have happened if the uh, manual thing didn't work. So I imagine when you landed, you're just like, yeah, I didn't really know how to prepare for that one. And we all cheered when we landed the second time. Yeah. It was like, thank you. Let's all Hispanic people plane. cheer whenever they land. It's so weird. <laughs> Your words, I don't, not mine. but my Your people words. do. Your all right, well, that's actually mine. fitting, CJ, because I felt like you're due for like a little vent session. And it's not even... Um, like at anybody, but just like a woe is me type event, because man, like man, we talked about all the stuff that you do, President Players Association, all that stuff. But like you're on this team, it's supposed to be, you know, this fun up and coming, really successful team. And your boys are out with injuries and you're doing like a lot of the heavy lifting. It's kind of like, you know, the eldest sibling when your parents are away and you got to take care of uh, the other <laughs> the other kids. And so just what what's the year been like the high point, low points for you and like is it annoying or do you kind of feel like, you know what, at least I'm doing my thing and we're winning uh, or at least afloat while, you know, the guys are out? Yeah, we're not drowning. We've lost some games in a row, which is tough. I think you go through that in every point in the season where you where you win some games in a row and everybody talks about how great you are and you lose a few and everybody talks about how bad you are and, and how you need changes to be made and point the finger. But I think this is the point in the season where you really see what your team is made of, right? It's It's beyond the halfway point. We've got a lot of injuries. B.I.'s missed over 30 games. Z's missed probably over 15, getting closer to 20. Herb's missed close to 15, maybe over 15. Najee's out right now. Rotation has continued to change. Load has shifted. Double teams are coming. Traps, hard hedges. The game is getting harder. Having to think more, having to execute better, having to be more concise with movements and efficient with thought processing games. But I think it's a unique challenge that I enjoy. Obviously, I would like for my body to not have to go through these things right now in this season, but I think it's a part of growth. It's a part of development. And it's really good for um, our younger guys to have to play different roles, have to play on the road, bench guys to have to play as starters, have to get guarded by starters, have to play heavy minutes, you know, where they're uh, a main point of the, the defense's attack in terms of scouting report. And they're actually paying attention, like a lot of attention to everybody in our roster because almost everybody is having to play right now. And I think that's important for our team. The fact that we're still a few games over 500, I think five or six, and as we record this podcast, shows you that we've been able to hang on. You've seen some other teams that have had injuries and how the, the tides have kind of turned and how it shifted for them, you know, from a few games over 500 to a lot of games under 500. Um, that just is a testament to our team. I think the low point in this season – um, to answer the beginning part of your question, it's probably when I had COVID. That was just tough. I was yeah. sick. I wasn't feeling well, low energy. I had the flu first, went into that. And that was just a difficult time because performance was suffering. The way I felt was suffering. The way I moved, everything was just not in a great spot for me. And it, it showed in my play, but also it, it just impacted my day to day, which is this is our life, but you have a life outside of this life. And it was impacting that as well, where I just didn't have energy to do anything at all. So 
I would say that was the low point. Do you have you noticed anybody in particular where it's benefited them the most being able to get these opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have gotten? Because uh, w- what I hear, uh, whether watching from you know other uh, broadcasts or just being around uh, the teams that come down to Miami or wherever I've been, people are effectively surprised by your quality depth and thinking that man, when they're healthy, that's why I love this team is because the players who are still playing are really showing up and so you know and you look down that roster it's like Devontae Graham's gonna give you a game every once in a while you know JV in the playoffs is probably gonna give you a huge game and so I'm curious if like any of those guys maybe the Dyson Daniels at Jackson Hayes uh, any of those guys that you've seen sort of just you know maybe unlock a little something in this time that they've been able to uh to play without B.I. and Zion I think a few her. players have had opportunities to really display growth and development and the player development that our staff has put in over the course of the summer. Um, Najee comes to mind. Obviously he's hurt now, but a guy who's been able to start a lot of games this season and kind of show development, show a maturity in his game, not only just the scoring, the distribution um, with the basketball, getting into the paint, being able to catch go, being another guy who can go paint the great, I think is important for our roster. He's defending at a high level and, really impacting the game. Dyson's been starting a lot for us with some of the injuries we've had with Herb and other guys. Heady players developing, um, getting more confidence on offense. Obviously, is light years ahead of most of the league defensively as a rookie. Only 19 years old, getting better and better each night. Jose's had to play a lot for us. Um, he's had some big games. You talk about winning a game. He hits you know eight or nine threes in a game this season. I think it was against Denver Nuggets, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, who are coming up soon on our schedule, but he showed a lot of growth, development, ability to play, you know, longer minutes, obviously. Um, we call him right play Tay. Devontae always makes the right plays, plays hard hmm. defensively, he's active. I think he had five steals against the Miami Heat. Um, Jackson's played a lot lately, crazy dunk against the Miami Heat. Rebounds is always just ready to play. Uh super professional about his approach. Um you go you know, down the line a little bit more, Trey Murphy, right? A guy who was expected to play. I talked about him in the preseason about how I thought he was going to make a jump this year. He started a lot of this season shooting well from three, finishing better around the basket, getting more comfortable, putting the ball on the floor. Obviously, we're playing through JV a lot more, uh, walking double-double, impacts games. Um, he's won us multiple games this year, specifically looking at the game we won um, in Detroit where – we just wrote him 30 something points, 16 rebounds, blocked shots. It was, it was a beast. Um, just always, always professional. So I think a lot of guys have had time to do different things and show different things that they probably wouldn't have been able to show if we were fully healthy because opportunity wouldn't have always been there consistently. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You've been able to show your thing, for your you know, do your thing most of the season. And so one of the things that I haven't actually talked to you about, just sort of your overall opinion feelings on having had the career you've had and still not made an all-star game because uh, I was doing a, a show with Dave McMenamin who was uh, we were redrafting um your draft class and he had casually said you were a multiple time all-star and I said actually no it just feels that way <laughs> it just feels that way and so before I get like to the bigger actually no what's the bigger picture on that like are you angry that you haven't been one 2017 Gordon Hayward, maybe uh, hey, 2020 over CP3? Or do you just kind of like look at everything and just be like, yeah, you know, I, I don't really I don't really feel like making an argument for myself. No, I think the fact that you're in the conversation is good. Right. That means that you're playing quality basketball to where people think that you could be in that light um, to be angry is. I don't think that's the right word. Would I have liked to accomplish it? Absolutely. I think every player wants to be considered amongst the best, amongst the elite. I would probably rather have an All-NBA um, at the end of the season. I think that that really means a lot in terms of play throughout the year as opposed to play for, you know, a third a of the months, season. Yeah, yeah it's, you get hot at the right time, and I think that can work out for you. But I would say that I've worked as hard as I can at this game. I've dedicated my time to my craft, and I think you can tell. I think that... Uh, my peers respect my game. I think journalism and the media respect my game. I think fans respect my game, the way I play, the way I approach it, how professional I am and how I've consistently been around winning teams. Although I haven't won a championship, teams I've been on have won. Um, we've made the playoffs. We've taken strides where we've gotten better. And I think I'm a big part of that. And I would say that at some point it would be a huge honor to make the all-star game. Um, I think it's something that we all would like to accomplish at some point in our career. All-star, obviously, all-NBA, win a championship, do those things. But I think team success is always attached to that. And the more team success we can have, a healthy roster, I think all those things kind of come into play, then the more opportunities that I will have for those types of accolades down the road. And um, if it never happens, I'll know that I did all I could to, to perform at a high level. I've maximized my talent, will continue to maximize my talent, help my team win, Um and hopefully continue to get paid well for it. And that'll be enough for me, uh, my family, and the generations that come after me to say that I put a lot into this game. People know that I was a, a talented player who had a lot to offer, who helped impact winning and um, may go down as one of the best players to never make it or may end up making it, <laughs> which is. You and Rod Strickland are the first names that come to mind for me. Um, 
The thing about this year, though, it, it so while the numbers aren't like jumping off the screen better than other years that you've had, it's a different responsibility for you, right? So I know watching you, it feels like it's more, it's not more, but it's just the natural position for you. You kind of feel like a, a nurturing guard who can also get his, right? And so like, that's a great lead guard position. And so your, you know, position going from playing with Dame to this year in particular for the full season and the responsibilities that you've had with those guys out, do you feel not necessarily more deserving for an all-star game this year, but do you feel like you have done more this year for any one team that you've done for in the past? I absolutely think that the role I'm having to play currently um, is more unique, more challenging than any role I've played in my career. I've had stints where I've had to play where Dame was hurt or whatever the case may be, but you're talking about a season in which, you know, we were a top three seed for majority of these 40 something games. We're on a, four or five game losing streak and are still like fourth in the West, I believe right now. And that's with Brandon Ingram missing all but 10, 13, all but 10 or 13 games. That's with Zion not playing the last 15 plus that's without Herb for 15 plus that's without a lot of our key rotation guys. We've still been able to not thrive, but stay afloat, right? We've stayed afloat. Mm -hmm. We've stayed in contention for the playoffs. We're still a home seat if the playoffs started today. And, our staff, our team um, is a big part of that. And I think that the role I've played is also a huge part of that, not just to play on the court, but the maturity, the leadership, um, keeping us steady, scoring when we need to score, continuing to work on playmaking, continue to work on turning over the ball and, and not turning over the ball so much. But I think the role I've had to play on this team is more unique than any role I've had to play in my career because of my versatility, right? Like to start the season playing alongside B.I.Z. And, and those guys was a different role, like, when to distribute, when to shoot. Then we started getting injuries, right? So workload increases, usage rate increases, the double teams. I think the way I get guarded is more unique than most guards or all-star caliber players. If you watch that Miami Heat game, if you watch games that we played recently, a lot of traps, a lot of random double teams, a lot of hits at half court where they're just coming. And a lot of zone, uh, though, too, like I told you, huh? A lot of zone. <laughs> and I think that's the ultimate sign of respect um, oh, yeah. to where – they understand the threat that I have offensively and how I impact the game and they want to take the ball out of my hand. So I think that's a sign to where make the all-star game. Don't make the all-star game. Defenses treat me like an all-star. I would say that. Yeah. And I think that's where people and vote. When I say voters, I mean, anybody, but the fans, fans vote for their favorites. They're not really going to dive in into the numbers, but if you're diving into some of the, the numbers and the way people get them, you have to think about that as well, how people are getting them. You know, if you're, you know, the third option and you're dropping 25, it's because you're all eyes aren't on you, which kind of reminds me, this is just, you know, is re easy commentary right here. You don't have to back this up in 2017, clay and Gordon Hayward <clears throat> made the all-star get travesty that they made it over both Dame and you, like neither of you guys made it that year. Crazy. And I actually got, I got for that when I was doing a game by Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy during the season I said it before the season was done that Dame should have made it over Clay they said I was a crazy person go look at those stats at the end of the season and tell me which one of those guys should have made the all-star game but also 2020 you should have made it over Brandon Ingram don't tell him I said that <laughs> all right so I was looking at uh, we were, uh the Stan Van Gundy tweet uh with KD I'm sure you've seen it right where he said effectively, hey, you know, back in the 90s, the NBA had one trainer and, you know, guys played every game. 
And now we have these huge medical performance staffs and they value rest over practice and yet injuries get are, are either the same or way up. As he said, he said, something's not working. And KD responded with a uh, coach spitting and uh, Stan didn't know that that was him agreeing with him. And so he sort of defended himself a little further. It made me think of like the moment that I'd felt the least cool as an adult. Um, and there was this one time, it was two times really, but one time in particular, I was do I was at this flag football practice and I was in charge of figuring out who was going to show up. And one guy was late, in particular, this guy, Mitch, sorry, Mitch. And so I texted him. I was like, hey, guys, I wanted to know if you're going to be here and when. And he just responded. This is like 2017. He responded with, I'm finna slide. I had no idea what the hell he meant by that. <laughs> I had no idea what to tell my team when they asked, hey, is Mitch coming? And I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like it should go either way. Slide means like I, I'm going to slide. I'm out. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Or I'm going to slide on in. And so I kind of like had to ask everybody. I was like, I don't know what that means. So I'm just going to show you guys a text and you tell me. And I was like, man, that's when I was like, all right, I'm I'm pretty old at this point. But uh, any uh, any moments like that come to mind for you? I mean, I got a lot of younger guys on my team. So there's a lot of songs that I hear where I'm like, who is this? Right. Like mm -hmm. no clue what's being played. And I think those are awkward times where I just realize everybody is young or when I tell them how long ago I was on Twitter and they're like, wow, <laughs> you've been on Twitter that long. And it's like, you got a 19 year old and he's like, yeah, I was on Twitter 12 years ago. And he's like, 12 years ago, I was six. Right. Like, <laughs> I didn't have a think, phone at six that, years old. That's when I feel old. And then I think the other part is I was watching, I was on Twitter and they were doing two segments. First of all, I told rewind. I told uh, Dyson that when I got into the league, there was no Uber. There was no Postmates. There was none of that. And that I had to deliver the gear. And if I wanted to go to Arena early, I had to take a town car. Right. And that's when I knew I was old because some of the, the OGs that I played with said when they got into the league, they had to take a limo because there was no, <laughs> no Uber or whatever. So yeah, that was the, a, the town car was like the level up from the cab. Right. It was like, hey, exactly. yeah, I can take a cab. But I don't take the town car. And uh, and yeah, that was they were a little bit more <clears throat> uh, sort of at, uh, you know, at the moment, like at your service type. Right. They can get there faster than the cabs. And so, yeah, that those things just kind of disappeared. I feel like they, I, I, I see them sitting around in hotels, but I don't ever hear anybody saying, hey, get me the town car anymore. Yeah, it's different. So that was one thing. And the other thing I seen on Twitter was this this parent going around um at a gym and asking kids and these kids were all ranges from you know college six years old to 15 years old when you hear the name Melo, who do you think of who am i talking about and the kids kept saying Lamelo ball and at that moment i knew i'm getting old yeah kids man. think of Melo as Lamelo and not the carmelo anthony he's only i mean he's he was just in the league he was just your teammate like that doesn't make any sense and they associate Melo with LaMelo Ball, which is a sign that this is a, a young generation approaching and that I'm on the outside looking in now. Well, and that's this is where I kind of go with this Stan Van Gundy sort of injury uh, question, right? Because while I do believe in, you know, the science for uh, what's going to be better for the human body over the long course and even for the short term, right? Because if you're in better shape, some, you know, awkward hit or bend of the joint in the wrong way won't be as catastrophic if you are in you know really good shape um 
I think you have to work on the recovery part too. I don't think it's just a matter. And you obviously you got to tell me because you know this better than, than, than I do, but you can't just say, Oh, I got a day off. Now my body's going to recover. You've got to put in the work for the recovery as well. You've got to do the crazy things that, you know, we've seen over the years, like LeBron doing on, on social or like, I think of um, Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor back with the Miami Dolphins, Danes and hyperbaric chambers and all this stuff. Like you have to take advantage of what people know in order to keep your body in the perfect shape. Otherwise you are going to get, even as Stan was saying, some of these soft tissue injuries, because it's just not ready for that level of exertion. I agree. I think they definitely played through more injuries Back in the day, there was probably mm-hmm. less injuries that we're hearing about. But I think it's a two parts, two parts of this. One, we're more exposed to players now than we ever were before in terms of how games are televised. You look at lead pass, you look at how you can watch on your phone, your apps. You can track what these players are doing in their spare time. You can see it. Whereas before, you couldn't see some of those Bulls teams going to Atlantic City in the middle of the playoffs. You couldn't see them getting back at 6 or 7 a.m. But now you can see if players are moving like that and you you – relate injuries to off-court work or lack of work. And I think now we're at the stage in time where it's twofold. Guys are playing too much basketball and grassroots. So they're getting to this point and their bodies are more worn in than they ever have been before. Well, you got 19, 20 year olds with the bodies of 27 year olds because they've been playing a hundred games a summer since they were nine years old and their knees aren't the same. I think. Have you seen Scoot Henderson? Have you seen what that dude looks like? I have seen him. He looks like a a teenager. He looks like he's sh- like shredded, like in a competition, ridiculously shredded. Like that's that's the first thing I think of when I hear what you're saying in terms of, you know, kids having too much work. done. not saying that he's going to break down or anything, but it's it's evident that that happens. Yeah, these kids are training earlier like pros and they're playing a lot of games. Jalen Duran, he looks like a grown man. He's born Ooh. in 2000. Five? He was born after LeBron played his first game. He was born in 2003, uh, but he was born after LeBron played his first game, like a week or two after. So, like, he looks like a grown man. And I'm saying all this to say that there's lots of things or issues that are impacting our game today. Um, some of it is medical teams requiring or recommending rest. You look at the Warriors, for instance. I'm going to use them as an example. Um, they play a back-to-back, right? Lose to Boston, go to Cleveland the next night. They sit Steph, Clay, Draymond. Said it, Steph, Clay, Draymond. Yeah, I think Jordan played, so I think that was it. Yeah, Maybe, and Wiggins, I think, was out already. So yeah, Desi- designated rest day where the medical teams are looking at load, they're looking at four and six nights, five and seven, higher likelihood of injury, higher likely likelihood of fatigue, knowing that they got to fly back to the bay after that four and seven or whatever the case may be, and, and that's the hangover game, right where. You play a bunch of games on the road, you come home and you get spanked. That's how it always works because of the, the body still adjusting. I think it's a combination of all those things as to why players don't play as many games or have more injuries. But the other part of it is looking at the cumulative, right? you got preseason work. you got exhibition games. you got the season. you got what comes with this season. And I think a lot of times – Guys are either either overtraining. You you look at some of these injuries, soft tissue, they're overtraining and then their bodies are just worn out. Or there's a ramp in training where they go from not doing a lot to doing too much and the body kind of responds the way that it does. So I think it's kind of like where they tell you to introduce fiber into your diet and you do too much at once and it's it's probably not the best. It's it's twofold. And I don't necessarily have the answers, but I would agree with with Stan in some cases because 
I think our exposure to players is at, is at an all time high where we see everything or we think we see everything. We see what they show us. Whereas before you only seen guys when they played on TV, there was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. There was right. no Facebook, depending on how far you go back. There was maybe MySpace, and most of the NBA players weren't using it. And I think that's why we feel the way we feel about players today, because you see what they show you. And sometimes they're not showing you the right things. I, you know, I'm with you there. But here's the other thing that I, I don't think you can. I mean, you probably can find a way to uh, uh, to get numbers on this and to quantify this. But, you know, when people say bigger, faster, stronger, they just think bigger. They don't realize that faster and stronger means more exertion on these muscles, means more and and constantly. And there's more people who can do that. Like, I, I don't, first of all, I don't like the, the conversation to ever really just revolve around Jordan because he was a, a, a freak of nature, but B, he also wouldn't have been able to play as long as LeBron did if he would have stayed 20 years at that level. Okay. But <clears throat> I think using him as an example is probably not the best. But how many of those guys were, were you know, 40 something vert back then? How many of those guys were just like, at the small forward, the size of Carl Malone, right? And still jumping that high. And so all those impacts, all those crashes, all those knees to the to the quad, where it used to be just a little Charlie horse is now like, man, it's keeping me out a week because it got deep in there. And that guy was coming at me like a freight train, like all those things people don't really recognize that contributes to injuries that if you didn't, rest or take care of your body more would be way more catastrophic injuries. And then your career wouldn't be nearly as long as it is. So I think a lot of that, and again, I don't know if this is something that you could, you could do research on. I'm sure it has been, but the actual exertion and the actual pressure put on these muscles on these joints is just different when you're talking about, you know, a AC green in the eighties versus a Zion Williamson in the 2020. Yeah, definitely different body types. You talked about, the athleticism, the strength, the explosiveness. And this isn't to say that the players weren't explosive or or strong back in the day. It's to say that this is a different caliber athlete that we're exposed yeah. to. There's more athletes in this league than ever before. There's taller, bigger athletes who are still fast and still strong than ever before. We just played against Bol Bol, who's seven foot five, right? Can dribble, can shoot. Like the skill set on these players is at an all-time high because they're starting training earlier. They're starting professional training earlier. Their bodies are developing faster. And then they're becoming John Morant, like super explosive early to where like you're seeing things that you don't normally see. Like you talk about a Zion, like I've never seen anything like it, right? The force he, he can generate off the floor when he explodes, the size, the weight, the strength, the skill, the polish, the touch. Like you don't see that very often. And the last point is the LeBron James 20 years into the NBA, you don't do that without having a dedication to your body, your nutrition, um, understanding of recovery, the importance of sleep, the importance of hydration. Like we're studying the game better than ever before. We have so much data and analytics on how to succeed. You have these templates of what to do to be successful. And now guys are following different blueprints to where they're able to extend their careers and play better basketball later, a la Steph Curry. I remember with Dwayne Wade first got into the league, he hated wrapping his ankles. He was like, oh, it's just too much. And then, you know, by the time he's six, seven years in, he's got like, you know, gear all over the place. He looks like he's going to play football. And so I, I'm wondering, like, when you're in your early 20s and you're just like physically like nobody can tell you anything. Nobody can hey, say, hey, in the long term, it's going to be better for you. It's like ah, long term. I, I feel nothing right now. Um, when does that like is it earlier and earlier that, you know, these players are are sort of 
understanding that and utilizing all those things, recognizing that, hey, I can be a 20-year player? Or is it still sort of young naivete that's always going to be there and it doesn't it just hits people at different pla- at different spots in their career where they say hey I need I really need to focus on this and this and that I think there are still some young naive guys but for the most part guys listen and they ask questions like we got some young guys on on our team that are starting to ice their knees they're starting to get into the cryo they're watching how I move how I recover how I approach the game and they're emulating it or asking questions and then they obviously have the templates of other successful players who have played for long periods of time in the league to where they're getting more comfortable challenging themselves to be different faster. Like as opposed to like Kobe, right. Who waited till later on said he was eating fast foods and stuff. And they kind of tighten up his diet. May he rest in peace. LeBron. There's so many guys who didn't do certain things a certain type of way and still had success and have made drastic changes and shifts. I got players that are hiring chefs, you know, their second year in the league. I yeah. ate whatever I wanted for about two years. And then I slowly, ate more food at the facility, but I didn't want to spend the money for a chef. So I waited until I signed my contract. Then I hired a chef. So it was like the process of, is this really worth it? Now guys are like, it's really worth it. I know this works. I know how important nutrition is. They have the team nutrition is helping them get groceries. There's more of an emphasis on the body, the importance of taking care of your body and how doing things the right way now can lead to more years of success down the road and the importance of preserving whatever your talents is. And I think a lot of guys are structuring their lifestyles around that training in certain places in the summertime, working on specific stuff, but really focusing on that diet because diet is everything. It is. That's And and I think a lot of what we're complaining about is, Oh, I want to see these guys play every day, yada, yada. And yes, I get it. You know, consumers are spending their money just like, uh, and it's, it's a good amount of money to take a family of four to a basketball game. And all of a sudden, Hey, your star player's not there. But I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess that a lot of these star players, when they're in their 50s and 60s, are going to feel a lot better than the guys who didn't have all this before. And their quality of life is just going to be better and they're not going to be walking around as poorly. Going to have to wait a while to see if that's all true. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that, you know, based on medicine, based on science, based on evolution, that's probably going to be true, right? Yeah, I think based on all the things that we're seeing here you want to start this stuff earlier. And that's what I'm telling my little cousins, the younger generations. I'm like, you have the template of success in front of you. Like, listen to me. Like, don't be stubborn. Like, I, I used to listen to my vets who I thought were old when they were 28, right? I was like, uh-huh. you don't know what he's talking about. And then you get to 27 and you get to 28 and you're like, wow, like he was right. And I tell my younger players this now that are 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm like, you guys can't work out every day for an hour. Like you're playing real minutes now. Like some days it's free throws. Some days it's just skill work. Some days you're just getting treatment. You can't do that to your body because your body will not make it into the postseason. Trust me, I've done it. Like I've I've done the hour workouts every day in between back-to-backs and everything. And now it's more so tailored work. Like today I got treatment. I got massage. I got dry needling. I made 50 free throws. And I got out of there as fast as I could. You know what I mean? It's about the the thought process of how do I preserve my body so that I am at peak performance when it's time to shine at 7 p.m. or 7.30 or 3.30, depending on the day of the game. And how do I make sure that my body and mind is physically and mentally and spiritually ready when I get close to April? Um. I was going to ask you about uh, a couple of frustration fouls that you had in the last couple of games, but I'm going to let that go. I had you, you had your vent chance earlier yeah i've been meditating man i just finished up uh uh, balance focus and now i'm on patience right now it's it's very helpful for me and i went against what i said i said i wouldn't get any technicals in january and i got one i don't regret it 
Um, but my dad texted me and said, I got to chill out. He said, son, you got to stop. You're setting a bad example. I said, dad, I'm setting a great example. I'm <laughs> taking the technicals for them. They they should have to spend that money. And hopefully the money is going to the boys and girls clubs because that's what's important to me. So um, no more technicals the rest of this month. I'll, I'll start back up in March. I'm going to take February off too. All right. So no more texts and uh, make sure that you know where that money's going if you do get it. Um, but you did mention LeBron and how he takes care of his body. And LeBron's only, as we record this, 224 points away from Kareem's all-time scoring record, which, by the way, I don't know how long ago. This actually blew my mind to me, um, thinking about how long he's been in the league, is when you got in the league, he was already halfway into his Miami tenure. And that is is mind-boggling to me because I could have sworn, like, hey, everybody's been around since LeBron's been around. But you got in. He was already a fixed member of the Miami Heat, had gone through the villain phase, and had won a championship. And now you're starting your career. That's effing crazy to me. But did you ever think that, you know, when you first started learning about the NBA and all these numbers, did you ever think anybody would pass Kareem? Because I'm sure there were some people where you just did the math on it, right? I thought Bron had a chance. Mm -hmm. I think the... The real question was, would he apply himself towards it? Because he's such a good passer, right? Like he's such a selfless person in the sense of enjoying passing more magic than Michael in a sense of empowering players around him. He loves the assist mm -hmm. point forward style. And then the other question was, he'd be so dominant for so long. How long until he would just stop playing? That was the other side of it. Like Mike played 15 years, was done. You know what I mean? Like he came back and then, you know, retired bronze in year 20 like this goes for as long as he wants it to go this isn't a situation in which like he's barely going to get the record he, he can shatter this record and continue to like play he hasn't even entered the post-up phase yet like he's there's phases of the career That's that you crazy. see in older players right they go from not being able to shoot to just to yeah. becoming shooters to just shooters like lebron hasn't entered the i just shoot jumpers phase the full post-up phase nope and he hasn't entered the all right, I'm Carl Malone in LA phase where I'm just going to post up, set good screens, but I can still get you. We haven't seen a 15 and 10 version of Brian, which could be five years away. Like, yeah. think about that. Which is crazy because that's what people wanted him to do when he was in Miami. Like, just get in the post. You'll be dominant. And he's like, why do I need to dominate in the post? I can dominate any way I want. Um, I know it's probably not at the top of your head and people can go look this up because it's another thing I'm working on and I want to spoil it. But LeBron's best game ever. Like in terms of just, you know, numerically speaking, and then there's one stat called game score, which uh, kind of keeps that. It's it's debatable whether it's, you know, a value or whatever. Um, but his best game was is not any of one that just jumps off the top of the, uh, of the dome. But I was wondering if you remember his best game against you. Uh, no, when you said best game ever, I immediately thought playoffs, Braun versus the Pistons. Playoffs. It's up there. Finals, Bron versus the Warriors, fifty point. This the series in which he played so well. We thought this is the year the guy loses and wins MVP of the finals. Right, uh, the year that he had no help. The first year, right, where he had no help and he just went mad in there, just started putting up a huge numbers. The year Jr. missed the free throws. Oh, oh. oh I mean, okay. I mean, got the rebound. George Hill misses the free throws. Jr. gets the rebound and forgets that mm -hmm. um, they're not winning. Well, it's funny because there's there's a few candidates, right? Like his 61-point game in Miami, his career high, just eight threes I think he hit in that game seems like would be a good candidate. And it's up there. In fact, I think that might be his second highest one. Um, but 
That's not one, but I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to have make, make people actually go look for that one if they want to. But against you, I believe I got this right. Let's see if he you remember this against, game. He scored 50 against us before, right? He might have, but it, in this game, he didn't. Uh, in this game, he had 44, 10, and 9 with three blocks. Let's see if you remember this game at all. Portland. Um, was that the season opener, 2000? No, wasn't the season opener. It was close. It was early in the season. It was like four, it was the 14th game of the season. It was in 2019 or 18, 2018, the beginning of the 2018-19 season. So November 14th, 2018. And it was a game score. of. So just for reference, like uh, his best game score ever was 57, 53.2. Um, this game against you guys was a game score of as i go back to it do, 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 do. it's in the 44 range i've got to go back and find it but it's for the uh, listeners out there breakdown game score what that means so game score is basically hang on i've got like a watered down definition of it so it uses weighted box score stats to determine a player's overall impact on the game it's not really a perfect stat but it's sort of a simple way to compare performances across the eras um, and so, you know, people can can nitpick about it and, you know, you can could say, you know, the weight of a game means more, you know, if it's in the playoffs versus the regular season, whatever. We're just talking statistics, you know, weight certain statistics and include them all. That includes the negative statistics like turnovers. And so um, like the greatest uh, hang on, let me pull this up real quick. All right. Like the greatest game score ever is shocking. Michael Jordan uh, for his. uh <laughs> 69.18 rebounds, six assists, four steals, one block, two turnover, 50-minute game against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, shocking, uh, in 1990. And then the second one is Kobe's 81-point game. And uh, I'll give you two guesses on the third one. It's an active player. Happened pretty recently. Luka Doncic's 60-point triple-double. Okay, what's the other guess? recently now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom Añejo tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish shaken strained poured it was green and good Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. There it is. I was going to say think uh, disco music for a 70s hint, but that would have been a terrible hint. But Donovan. yeah, <laughs> Donovan's number three all time. In fact, a few of the top 10 or top 
12 have happened pretty recently. Um, James Harden uh, with one of his 60-point triple-doubles. Luca's the one that you mentioned just happened. uh, And it was Joel Embiid had uh, last November had a huge game of 54 uh, game score. And so, yeah, that game LeBron had against you, not the most meaningful uh, game ever, but that was the best game he's had against you guys. Do you know, and this is kind of cheating also because it's a little easier for you, but do you know your best, let's say best three games ever, according to game score? I've almost had a few 40-point triple-doubles, so I'm going to go with one of those. Uh, What was your career high? 50 and three quarters. that's the one. That's the game. I didn't get many rebounds or assists. That's why I wasn't sure, but the efficiency was probably pretty good. That was in 2018, right? It was... 17. Was it 18? January 31st, 2018. So, the yeah, 17-18 uh, season. J- January. So it just... Yeah, so it felt like it. Uh, yeah, it was 18 to 25 from the field, 50 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Not a bad game. Blew out the Bulls in that one. Uh, your... Second best game. I had it right here. Oh, your second best game happened this year. Did it feel like it when you were going through it against Philly? Ah, Philly. I was going to say, which one? Um, Mm -hmm. It felt like a really good game. (laughs) A lot of threes, some assists, made my free throws. Um, Pretty efficient night for sure. And then since they always mean more. Do you remember your best playoff performance? Denver Nuggets, game seven. Wow. I scored 40 against the Warriors in 2000. Game one, 2000. Wow. 17. 16-17 season. So you're saying it was one of those two? That's my guess. All right. I got to say, you are on the money with both of those. <laughs> and they they were uh, pretty close, actually. So the your game score for the 16-17 for the 16, 17 game one against the Warriors was 27.8. And that was, yeah, 41 points. Uh, that probably would have been your best if you didn't turn it over five times. But <laughs> your best playoff game was game seven. Talk about a good time to be uh, have your best playoff game. Game seven against the Nuggets. It was in Denver, wasn't it? Yeah, altitude game. In Denver, altitude game. 37 points, nine rebounds, just one assist, one steal, one block. But the best part about that is, do you remember what kind of game Dame had? (laughs) He didn't shoot well that game. He had a big big three, though, but he did shoot well that game. Thank goodness he's had so many big moments in clutch time since because he was three for 17 in that game seven. And that was that was not fun. But you guys won and he had his moments. But yeah, that uh, that game score thing is actually pretty fun. And it does make me think that, you know, the game being so offensively driven today that some of these records that we've thought about in the past that can't be broken will be broken and yeah absolutely. i don't know if you agree with me but like i think somebody's gonna try to score 100 like i think somebody's gonna go hard after 100 and probably get it because it's got to be the most iconic record in the game right because no other number stands out like that yeah 100 is crazy the fact that don got 
70 something is crazy. 71 uh, for Donovan. Yeah. 71. Kobe, obviously the 80. Kobe could have got 100 probably. That's 60. I think he had 60 and three quarters, whatever that was. That same year. Yeah. He could have got close well, to 100. If you think about like Clay had 37 and a quarter. And so if you just have a crazy quarter, you don't even have to break that. You got have like 33 and a quarter. And then, like, it's pretty feasible from there on out. You're talking about, like, 22 and a quarter, 2020, 22. And, like, you're, I, 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 what, I, what I don't think it's going to happen is, like, in a meaningful competitive game. Like, it's going to be like a Devin Booker in Boston type of situation where it's just like, ah, eh, whatever, let him go off because it doesn't matter. Foul, but, get the ball back. Yeah, but I think if that happens, even if it's in a meaningless game, I don't, I don't think it's going to be diminished at all. Because I think, mm-hmm. like, I think some dude's going to take that piece of paper right at 102 and put it right next to his face and say, "Take these pictures because this is for all time." Like, I don't think there's more so than 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 the all time scoring record. I think moment in time, hey NBA record, that to me feels like the one, and I feel like somebody's going to try hard for it. Yeah, records are meant to be broken, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's broken at some point. I think if you look at the way humans have evolved, the way athletes have evolved, the technology, the ability to score, the way the games are refereed, the pace, the amount of three-pointers we shoot, all those things factoring in. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one of these players that can shoot, dribble, dunk, goes to work and does it at some point. Yeah, like, well, I mean, not to put too much pressure on this kid, but when Benyama, uh, before they figure out how to stop him, maybe he can go out and score 100. Who knows? Yeah, well, I agree. <laughs> uh, who do you got this week? And I assume we're talking about NFL. Um, <laughs> I had to think about this yes. for a second. Yes. Uh, I'm a big Joey Burrow fan, man. I like his aura. I like his confidence, how cool, calm, and collected he is. But you're a Browns guy, though. That's got to be hard, though, right? I am, but, I mean, you can't deny greatness, right? Like, when you see it, you know what it looks like. Um, that guy is he's built for the moment. His story, you know, having to transfer. He's from Ohio. I love the confidence. I love his leadership, his intangibles, big play thrower, big play maker. They got a good defense. The story makes sense. They're battle tested. Mahomes is hurt. I mean, I think all those things are going to play a factor. His will's not the same. He loves the scramble. He loves his mobility. I just like the Bengals, man. The Niners are good too. Great defense. Young quarterback. He's going to have to win them a game. And the, the decision or the question mark is, can he do it? It's to be seen that defense is great. They got weapons, but when he has to win a game, can he do it with eight career games? Eight, no, but eight career games as a quarterback. Yeah, the Niners to me are just such an intriguing team because I I don't think I can remember a team. Like, yeah, you had the Ravens and you had, um, I mean, who else? Which Gannon's team, maybe the Bucks, but like never one where it was just like, eh, quarterback's pretty interchangeable. Like that's how good they are. And it's not just the defense. It's not just, you know, uh, a great running back. It's like great play calling it's great you know coaching it's great a great system and oh yeah that ridiculous uh defense and still like amazing like everybody talks about the uh, nfl and how running backs are interchangeable but they've got not one but two guys i put debo in that class two guys that are game changers at that position and so that to me like i i'm very much intrigued by joe burrow as well but in terms of like just for the sport of football i'm very much intrigued by the niners even though if they win everybody will just make it about brock purdy (laughs) <laughs> it would definitely be about Brock Purdy because it's a great story. Last pick in the draft, third string quarterback. I think he's guaranteed a hundred thousand dollars this year or something like that. Like the story would be incredible, and then they would have some decisions to make in this offseason. 
All right, speaking of guarantees, you got another week to put up those photos firmly. Otherwise, I don't know, man. Uh, you're gonna have to move house. I can house guarantee again, that these aren't these aren't done next week because I think my next podcast is on the road in Ooh. Denver, so you won't see it. Okay, well, eventually, eventually, the, you'll make this house your home. Yeah, eventually, it's a it's a process, man. Greatness takes time. I'm slowly, methodically doing nothing. In this room. <laughs>